Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the afternoon, the Thank God It's Friday edition of The Call, live from our Brangaroo Studios. Ten stocks picked by you. I put them to our expert panel. We do it in one hour. We end the week with a terrific panel. Claude Walker from A Rich Life in Canberra. Claude, how are you, sir? Well, thanks. Uh, I, I was thinking of you when I was doing the budget coverage on Wednesday because there is this magnificent tree... Uh, in the courtyard of Parliament House that I reckon is the feature of every budget. It is magnificent. And I thought, ah, yes, autumn in Canberra is just stunning. Uh, I'm honoured. Yeah, it is beautiful, though, uh, with all of the different colours that you get. Yeah, just stunning. Um, Mark Gardner's looking at me from macro as if I've gone crazy. Um, oh, no, I think it's, a, it's a, a fair reflection of how exciting the budget was that we're talking about the trees. So um, Exactly right. Yeah. Um, I've got to say, I, and I said this to the Treasurer, so I'm not talking out of school, I was a bit disappointed. I thought it would be a much more reforming budget. Uh, Jim um, sort of models himself on Paul Keating, the great reformer, and I thought it was a, an opportunity missed not to do more tax reform. Yeah, well, he's a long way off Paul Keating uh, in terms yeah. of um, he had an opportunity to, you know, um, you know, in Keating's day, they, uh, the RBA and the and the budget would have been, you know, all pointing in the same direction. Yeah. And realistically, they've. Um, They've sort of taken the, the cheap route of, you know, making the RBA um, take, the take the hit and do all the work. And, yeah. Um, and yeah, possibly, you know, if he's, if he's touting himself as, uh, as that, you know, I, I think they could yeah. have um, they could have done a little bit more. But, you know, it, um, it's, it's just modern politics, I suppose. Oh, it's, no. uh, they, they pretty much leak most of the budget these days yeah. make, and then get a little bit of internal po- of polling going yeah. and then adjust on the run, which I just think, you know, yeah. you're, supposed, you're there to run the country, yeah. make a decision and, you it's know, get on to, with the job. You're right. They're tied to this 24-hour news cycle rather than thinking big, thinking mm. big picture. And you look what Keating did, set this country up for what it still is today. Just and, and, and was, you know, was for called every name under the sun, but, yeah. but was willing to stick Copped to his guns. So. Yeah, exactly. Mm. All right, let's get into the stocks. You want us to uh, have a look at this half hour, Kelly Partners, um, EZZ Life in, uh, Life Science, E-Road, X-Tech, Paradigm uh, Biopharmaceuticals. Uh, stock of the day, uh, thought we'd take a look at REA after their update today. Earnings down 13%, $136 million in the third quarter. Group puts it down to challenging macroeconomic conditions in Australia. Group warns that planned investment in its Indian unit will result in deeper earnings losses, um, resulting in total group operating costs increasing to the mid-single digits. REA continues, though, to expect a mid-teens loss in fiscal 2023, still reflecting a tough market. But um, 
pointing towards the fact that maybe things have stabilised in the property market. Um, Mark, what did you think of the update? Yeah, look, going back a week, I think the, it was all over the AFR and things, you know, the property market may have stabilised and then mm. obviously we um, had an RBA rate hike, which was unexpected. So um, yeah. I, I think there's still more, um, not necessarily pain to come. I just don't think the whole story's played out. I think there'll be periods where, you know, we'll there'll be false insecurity and then well you know we might be concerned again we still sort of we're starting to hit that sort of more you know mortgage cliff which yeah um we'll just see what the results are there whether that 10 percent really makes um a, a massive difference but um but i mean in a way i think that uncertainty may may drive a little bit of traffic um to the site this is one like for for mine i've been pretty conservative since about february yeah. um but a few a few of our guys um particularly Josh Barker, he, he really liked this one early in the year and I wasn't brave enough to buy in, and but, they, but they've, they've recently sold out of that. Um, I just didn't really like, wasn't you know, ah, buying. So he buying got the, in and is now out. He, yeah, which, right, we, right. which we got out. Um, it was just that high PE is just, yeah. just wasn't really appealing to me. Um, and I was just a touch, you know, a touch concerned about, you know, the broader market. So, but it was, you know, it was a good, um, good trade. It rallied, you know, 20 odd percent yeah, or more and, be, and, went, yeah. and went quite well. So, and I think, and I think they made the really uh, wise decision essentially to, to get out before the, um, before the earnings report, because yeah. it was unlikely to have massive upside. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and look, we'll, we'll probably look to buy the dip again, maybe um, sort of towards that 120 mark potentially. Um, right. But, you know, we'll, we'll just assess, you know, okay. what the market so no, not here. Not here at the moment. Good, it's good a great, company. It is a great company. And they, you know, I think something, it's over 50% of adult Australians go to mm. that site on a, re- oh, yeah. on a regular basis. and. They're still advertising. I think they had a small price increase recently. Obviously, the India thing um, sort of takes away from you know from the overall result. But you know, it's a quality business that you probably want to yep. be buying dips on. It's just um, yep. for now, you know, those high PE companies just have a little bit of risk involved, and you, you probably just get them a little bit cheaper. Mm. Okay, Claude, what do you think of REA? I think I definitely agree with some of the factors that impact, you know, returns from here. Obviously, REA Group falls into that basket of uh, high quality businesses that are also priced like high quality businesses. So based on the free cash flow for the first nine months uh, that was reported today, if we just annualize that, uh, this company's on even just ignoring the modest net debt uh, is on about 60 times free cash flow. So that is uh, you know, that's definitely a, a high multiple of free cash flow and you get a similar PE ratio. So overall, I think, you know, the biggest negative here is, is there any kind of special upside? Would you do you have a, a clear buy thesis? Having said that, I wouldn't call it a sell because there may well be people that, you know, have a long term view and have maybe held it for many years and also, uh, you know, intend to hold it for many years. And I don't think you know, I think that basically this is correctly priced high. Now, I think that it's okay to hold some high-priced, high-quality stocks in your portfolio. Uh, obviously, as interest rates go up, that has generally been negative for these high-multiple stocks. But you know, look, uh, look. Basically, real estate is almost like the it's the it's either the national sport or the most popular religion in Australia because uh, you know they say that something like 60%, a little over 60% of adults, no, about 60%, sorry, 59% of the adult population uh, visit the website each month. So you could hardly get a better moat. Uh, obviously, it does have some competitors, but 
because the house transaction is such a big one, people will definitely advertise in the most popular real estate portal. And as long as they hold that position, then it's a great asset. The property values going up, listings not, listings still really low, which is what uh, they depend on. Um, and those new home building figures out during the week, 10 year lows, you just, no wonder there's a property squeeze. Um, it's just extraordinary at the moment. All right, so a hold from you, Court. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get into the stocks that you want us to have a look at. And David, uh, Claude wants a view on Kelly Partners. Uh, David says high quality business, long runway of growth, high inside ownership, and in my opinion, David's opinion, uh, some of the best management in the small cap space. That's uh, uh, sounds like a viewer is leading the cheer squad. Of course, uh, Kelly, they're they're sort of a roll up accountancy uh, group, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. And, you know, not not uh, afraid to, to name drop Warren Buffett or, you know, William Thorndike, who wrote this book about supposedly outlier CEOs. Uh, I, you know, my view is that uh, I look and anyone can name drop those kind of things. The, the proof for Kelly Partners is in the pudding. And I would say the best way to manage, uh, you know, to think about how this business is progressing is to just monitor its half on half earnings per share growth. Now the typical thing with uh the typical thing with these kind of roll up businesses is they always want you to look at uh earnings if you ignore the costs of acquisitions and integrations and and that kind of thing. Um and that and uh, that that's reasonable, but you just have to remember that overall, like they're going to keep on if if they are if it's just one acquisition once in a while, then sure you might call them one off. But if their whole model is that we're going to continue to do this uh, forever and a day, then you know very much the costs of acquiring and integrating and all that kind of stuff that is part of the business. So I like I like to for a roll up that it's a frequent roll up, not a once in a while acquisition. I like to just look at the earnings per share growth. And if you do look at the earnings per share growth of Kelly Group, you know, it, it has been sort of bouncing around. I wouldn't say it's like perfect, like secular growth. I wouldn't say it's like the most obvious growth trend that you would want to give the stock a, a 45 times earnings multiple necessarily. And yet that is where it trades. So, yeah, I've definitely don't don't see any problem with rolling up accounting businesses. And, and I think that that can work. Um, however. I'm not entirely, you know, I'm not of the same view that, you know, this is an amazing company, which is definitely what the market does think. And also that, that, you know, I think it's fair to say that the CEO is very, you know, he puts a lot of effort into investor relations. He's, you know, tweeting about all the pictures of being at Berkshire Hathaway and having his shareholder meeting there. And, and then he's got a big vision and, and that's, that's all fine and good. And, and that may well be the case, but that does have mean that there's like a high multiple. He's done very well to get the stock a high multiple. And what I would rate it on now is just look at that APS growth. And, and that's how you're going to see whether it really is growing um, as the shareholders would like. But for, for me, this one's probably a hold at best. Right. Okay. Um, Matt, really low volumes. Yeah, That's really low. Like. Yeah, it is really low volumes. It strangely pays dividends monthly as well. Um, They've had 300, 390 shares trade today. Yeah, <laughs> so um, not one that you want to be uh, scrambling to get out of. Um, no. Yeah, it's, yeah I, I agree. There's, there was no shortage of sound bites when I went and had a look at this stock um, yeah. because there's a... There's a fair bit out there, um, and obviously the you know the CEO's a good communicator, but um, you know 40 45 PE for what is essentially a roll up business um, yeah. where they're going to take advantage of economies of scale and 
and small incremental, um, you know, small incremental sort of gains in a in a fairly um, you know traditional business model. Um, and you know, taking advantage of obviously the you know buying private businesses at that low at those yeah. lower PEs, etc. So, I, I would say at about a forty-five PE, it's it's a pretty strong sell for me. Even though the business metrics are pretty, um, right. I mean, look if you can get but set, then, but but then I'm just looking up steadfast. So that's a similar mm. model, is it? Not nearly as big. Uh, it's on a forty times PE, which I. It's quite big I think there's a bit more technology it? involved with steadfast ah, right, as well, okay. though, um, yep. and they, you know, there's a you know platform etc. that right. um, makes it a, a touch more scalable at a, right. at a much lower cost. Okay. Whereas, you know, this, this is, is this is a very traditional roll-up right. where you know you're buying well, not bricks and mortar necessarily, but you're buying a business um, yep. and goodwill etc. And then. And then obviously applying your, you know, your, your scale to to achieve, you know, uh, price um, yeah. uh, margin increases. So yeah. um, that's a good point to make. Yeah. So good look, I, I I don't think it's a bad business. I, I think it's just a little bit overpriced as, as it stands. But look, it may with the amount of volume it trades. If the market if the market comes off, it may not it may not come off. Yeah. You know, it might just sort of linger. So um, and and it's not yielding quite enough for me to be, you know. To, to be in it basically and take okay. that risk. So right. um, okay. UK, oh, there's UK and, U, um, and US expansion as well, which yeah. Australian companies don't have a great US track record. Um, UK is usually a little bit better. Um, yeah. So, you know, I just, I'm a little bit wait and see with that okay. US expansion. All right. Uh, Jeffrey wants a view on EZZ Life Science. Uh, Jeffrey says, Interesting company that had positive cash flow looks cheap, Claude, uh, according to Jeffrey. Uh, it's in the production, marketing, and sale of uh, EZZ uh, health supplements um, to retailers and consumers. So, is it like a, a little Blackmores? Yeah, I think you could sort of think of it like that, David. It's not very different at all. I, I, they, I think you know each one has their own uh, distribution arrangements and. Uh, but there are some parallels for sure uh, in terms of helping to understand how these guys make their money. They, you know, they do have their products. Uh, for example, I think their lysine growth products, for example, in uh, chemist warehouse, or or at least that's something that they're uh, they're generally trying to expand through that distribution. But they also have overseas distribution, uh, in, including partners that help them distribute into China. And so, as you'll have uh, re- probably recall over the last five years, there's whether it's infant formula or vitamins uh, or, you know, all sorts of random products, uh, there can be ups and downs when you've got uh, distribution through China. It, it can be a little bit uh, stop start if you fall in or out of favor with, you know, or your partners fall in and out of favor. So maybe not the most resilient business there. But actually, this one's very interesting because uh, when I first looked at it, like uh, not not that long ago, I was kind of concerned well, they're saying they're a genomics company, but really their their main business seems to be in these sort of, I think, health and beauty kind of supplements business. But they're saying they're a genomics company, which is, has to do with, I think, f- mixing um, supplements exactly to someone's genetic DNA, essentially. So maybe having more specific personal medicine. And I was a little bit concerned that maybe they would just be, they'd take their, you know, profitable uh supplements business and they would take all the profits and all the money from that and they'd put it onto this maybe somewhat pie in the sky kind of idea right. and i'm not saying that's the case by the way they're, they're more experts than me but that was my worry but if you actually see their most recent results i don't see seem to detect any crazy spending going on at the moment and over the last year i think they had 
free cash flow of 1.9 million. And then based on the the three the nine months so far this year, I think they're looking at around they're already at around you know two million or a bit above in free cash flow. So this makes them, mm. in my view, actually a very interesting little microcap that is free cash flow generative, uh, has a profitable business in there, and um, is potentially at I think it's got over 12 million cash, 24 25 million dollar market cap. So the EV to free cash flow ratio here, um, it's not that yeah. bad at all. So. It's hard for me to say a buy. Like, there's a certain kind of person for whom this might be a buy. I think most people, this is a little micro cap. It can be very illiquid. It can go up and down because uh, it's a small business. Little changes can make it very volatile. I try to limit my exposure to like that kind of sector of micro caps. And depending on how much money you have and how nimble you are, would depend on whether there's a place something like this in your portfolio but if you think of it in the high more speculative end of things i actually think it's an interesting little mm. microcap speculation okay I, I don't own shares by the way so uh, but i'm happy that we talked about it today because it's right. on my watch list now so put it as a hold if you're in it yeah you could put it as a hold or, or even a speculative buy if you right. wanted just okay. just keeping in mind there's every single high high risk I basically haven't done the work to, to set, call it a buy, right. so we could call okay. it a hold, hold. there. Um, Marcus, Claude says positive cash. I've got, got a market cap of uh, 25 mil, average volume 54,000. Um, it's an interesting business and had a run too. Yeah, look, it's had a little run. There's not a hell of a lot. Of, this is so far out of my wheelhouse. I, I, <laughs> and Claude's done such a great job yes, in, yeah. in describing it. But they were the metrics that I picked up as well. Like, I certainly couldn't find anything you know, uh, wrong with the business, that's for sure. So, um, But it's it, it really isn't something, I mean, at that market cap, et cetera. But if, yeah. if you were going to go into, into these waters, I mean, it, it has some pretty outstanding metrics overall. Uh, that um, into the market usually is not positive cash flow, is it? <laughs> no, no. So, look, and, and I made a whole range of assumptions when I when I saw it on the, on the list and, and, and I was like, oh, no, that's it actually yeah. looks really, really quite positive. So it, um, you know, in the bit, you know, as Claude said, there's a few buzzwords there, but you know, beauty and skincare mm-hmm. companies tend to, um, you know, play those sorts of things up and yeah. use use sciencey <laughs> words to pretend that they're, um, you know, <laughs> that they're something that they're not, you know, necessarily. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, it's it, it is it seems to be a pretty simple business as long as they keep, you know. They keep going and and um, and possibly look for some expansion with that cash flow. Um, then um, you know, in that, in that positive position, um, I'm, yeah, I, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't buy it if this is in your wheelhouse. Um, right. it definitely, it's not for us. No. It's, it's miles okay. away from um, from um, without sounding like you know, team invest sort of, you know, our metrics is that it's, it's the small cap where we're sort of You can sound like team invest. Right. No, no, it wasn't wasn't a criticism I'd say, but it, we don't necessarily rule rule, you know, right. hard have we, hard rules. But yeah. The, it's yeah, twenty three mil market cap, it's you know, Not we the, we don't okay. really want to be getting involved in that just at the moment unless it's an absolute bargain. Right. And but yeah, I, I agree with Claude, like it's worth having on the watch mm. list and if you're interested in it, I, I can't see no reason why um right. you couldn't put some uh, you know, spec spec money in spec it. Spec money, damn. Uh, that small amount of spec money in your portfolio. Um, E-Road is on the radar for Matt. Matt says it's been smashed, uh, but getting close to profitability, is it worth a nibble? Mark E-Road, of course, is um, in the electronic 
sort of measuring for trucks, isn't it? To yeah. make sure that drivers take their their naps and all that sort of thing. Um, I, yeah. Management. I, I actually... Fleet this management. Is, I had this on one of the first calls I did a few years ago and um, very different times, obviously. The right. stock price was more around the $6 mark then. Um, yeah. We're, what, 50-odd cents now. Um, but it was... Um, I said, it, I said at the time I was a little bit concerned about uh, you know all the tracking things now with you know your phones etc yeah um sort of similar to maybe you know to happen as well like the big guys it wouldn't take much for the big guys to basically take you know, them um, pull together an apartment and pretty much you know Look take out that, that i'd segment. forgotten yeah uh, above was, six bucks only two years ago, now forty-eight cents. I had God, to double check that I had my, my, the decimal point in the right spot yes. when I checked my notes. But yeah, um, but yeah and but back then, I, I think they, you know, they had great hopes of expanding it in New Zealand and the US and things, and it and it and it didn't seem to nothing much has changed. Right. So, um, so yeah, I, I think you just probably ignore the fact that it's been a you know been a, around that six dollar mark, and that was just a very different market and. Yep. Revenue multiples were a thing back then, etc. Um, look, and yeah, but I do worry about you know, like, like, like I said, with Appen's result, for instance. Um, mm. The concern was always that when they were going to, when the big boys were going to, you know, start to restrict their budgets and things, that they would always bring that sort of stuff in house. And I yeah. kind of worry that this is like almost just like an app add-on, essentially. Yeah. I know, I know there, I know there's more to it, and I don't want to just, you know dispersions of the company necessarily but it's it, you know it, it worries me that a technology leap could sort of just price them yep. out of the market a little bit but okay. um obviously very cheap at the moment and they are starting to go towards profitability so it's um for you know for fresh money if you if if you're a believer um yeah it's probably not a bad place it's um but I'm, I, I would really. ra- I would rather see that profitability and and that start of the upgrade cycle, um, and you know go with momentum rather than try to bottom pick in, okay. in this because as you can see from that chart from before, like it's pretty that's a, horrible. That's a horror so. story. Yeah, um, Claude, are you game to get into it? Uh, I, well, no, but I, I think Mark gave us the right strategy from here, which is wait until uh, things do, the, the, there's proof of the turnaround. Uh, but also, you know, I got to ha- put my hand up and say, this is one that I was in and I liked and, and, I, and I wrote it on the way up. And then um, in I, I sort of started selling a little bit before things went bad. But then basically in about April last year, uh, the, the founder resigned. And at that, t- at that stage, the share price was like around $3.40, which felt like, yeah. you know, it had come down a, a, a way by then. Um, but, and, and I wrote an article called uh, E-Road Founder Resigns and my thesis is broken, where I said, you know, like, I'm, I'm going to get out of this stock now. Um, but, you know, in hindsight, the, the way to do it was just to sell it all on that day, which mm. I didn't do. I kind of put it out uh, calmly and slowly, which is sometimes the right thing to do. But uh either way you know i think the the lesson here is so what happens the founder resigns you know there's all of this leadership transition the cfo's gone uh there's just a whole bunch of things there was a downgrade to guidance there's like literally every red flag that you can have on your list not every red flag but a lot of red flags like cfo gone ceo gone founder yeah. resigned um downgrade to guidance you know this is a big problem so had to just sell take the loss and you know, I think that now there's a whole, there has to be a whole clean out. They have to rebase the whole thing. Is it that close to profitability? Well, I listened to the call the other day. Uh, I think we might still still see a couple of years 
uh, before it is actually making a profit. And I think that'd be the time. Yeah, it'll probably rebound somewhat by then. The share price might be up like 100%. So in now the sentiment is terrible now. And it would, you know, I could imagine somebody like just holding on at this point, but I definitely wouldn't be buying, uh, yep. not until things start get better. Okay. All right. Uh, our next stock, uh, Philip wants a view, Claude, on uh, XTech. <laughs> Blimey. I, I, I love a good series like Homeland or whatever. And I started reading the description of this thinking, wow, it's a TV series. Uh, provides products and equipment, unmanned aerial systems, weapons and ancillary, explosive ordnance. Uh, commercializing two internal um, uh, technologies allows for the manufacture of lighter, more rigid composite uh, products for the small arms protective area. Um, gee, it's a, like a, a weapons manufacturer. Well, actually, it's interesting you say that, David, because it, I think it used to be into weapons, uh, and now it's actually just focused on a combination of the body armor and uh, drones and importing um, other people's drones and, and technology like cameras and surveillance. So uh, I think probably, you know, in the past, a lot of people may have avoided it because it was in weapons. But I, I don't know if that really applies anymore, um, you know, with with more their focus on the surveillance and the defensive. So that's a positive. It did used to be left. Um, like I just think maybe more people are going to start looking at it now. And then in terms of, you know, the share price, I was I was trying to figure out you know, why it's been down in the dumps lately. And I, I didn't see that uh, it's been doing too badly. I looked at its most recent results. And whilst the profit result was strong, you know, the big thing that I think might be concerning the market there was that the free cash flow was very, very strongly negative. Uh, so whereas they have, so if you look at the PE ratio, you'd see, oh, wow, you know, this is a low PE ratio. But then if you looked at the actual free cash flow in the last in the last half to December 2022, you know, it was negative free cash flow of, of um, you know, around 27, 28 million, something like that. And so that's pretty hectic uh, cash outflow going out of uh, the company there. So that could have some people being nervous. Having said that, it sounds like to me that, you know, the most likely situation is that, you know, you can see they've increased their inventories massively, that they're probably just doing, you know, CapEx for growth because, they are actually gaining success in um, selling, you know, for example, their their super hard helmets that I think they make in Adelaide, David. And also this is a Canberra company that obviously deals with defense. So uh, they, they've also got, you know, reselling and they've got the relationships with Australian defense, which is how they get that other part of their business. that's not about the body armor, which they make themselves. But the body armor that they make themselves seems like it could be in demand lately. Uh, the way the CEO tells it, uh, you know, a lot of uh, countries are sending some of their older equipment to Ukraine. And so they want to replace it with new extra hard helmets because these are like maybe harder than older helmets that were made many years ago. And also just generally speaking with the way things are going, for example, you know, Poland putting up, um, increasing their army and all of those states that are threatened by uh, Russia's expansion policies, then um Obviously, they obviously need to arm up and, and have the best armor possible. So, yeah, interesting thematic, I would say, actually. And it's hard to really, it's like, obviously, you know, uh, it's going to be reliant on big orders, could be a bit bumpy road for these guys. Uh, so, it's it, again, you definitely have to put it in that very much high risk category uh, of more your like speculative little peak of your pyramid. This is not, you know, where where you're doing a big bet that that, you know, 
is going to pay for the kids' education. But this is maybe an interesting speculation. And on that thematic, I would probably have to say, you know, it's hard to find exposures that are kind of to this kind of theme that that don't involve you, um, you know, investing in weapons that kill people. So overall, I think there's an interesting angle here. And I actually was surprised because when I'd last looked at it, I didn't like the look of it too much, but I was surprised to look at it this time and and actually say, I can really see a case for this being an in- intelligent speculation at the moment, uh, a bit of a thematic play, but, you know, of course, a high-risk stock. Yeah, I know. Uh, Matt, what do you think? Um, yeah, I like it as well, actually. Um, and these sort of defence contract companies, um, I mean, it does tend to be a bit of a trend where, you know, mm. once you start to get a few, you know, the you know, more will come because um, yep. obviously you've got to get used to that government tender process and things like that. But, um, but strategically, mm. you know, it's, it's Australian, so it will attract a lot of interest from Australian Defence Force and US who yeah. now buy strategically from neighbours. And I think one of the important things that Claude said as well is that um, a lot of NATO nations are sending, you know, old equipment and they're, um, to Ukraine yeah, and they're yeah. restocking. Um, particularly the lightweight body armour uh, market is, um, you know, is pretty big, like yeah. protecting their soldiers, etc. You know, you don't want to have to train new people um, and you want to protect your troops. So, uh, and they've got really high quality, um, you know, really high, you know, best in class sort of high quality um, products as well. But I mean, look, it's not for mm. the faint hearted. This year, the range, well, I mean, the last year we've gone 19 to 76 back down to 40 um well it's, again um, about 45 million market cap or? yeah thereabouts yeah, yeah about 40 million as of but i mean you know pick yeah. your day really yeah. um this thing can move around quite a bit but the yeah but metric it's very hard as as claude said like pa is like two which yeah. you, immediately i just went oh what you know but Obviously, they've you know that that free cash flow came you know was coming down as well, but they've I think they've done some spending for future you know give them yeah. the capacity for future contracts. So, um, which is, is again is, is a couple of other defence names mm. which elude me now, which I was um, I should have written down that have we've gone through the same sort of cycle where they've had to do a bit of capex basically to get prepared yep. so they can win more you know because now they know the requirements of what the government needs for them to win more contracts. So yeah, um, yeah it's a, it'll be a spec buy for me. Yeah. Um, so intelligent speculation as well. I like I like the wording. Yeah, intelligent yeah. speculation. Because right. um, I, th- I think they've you know businesses that can pr- you know handle a transition um, you know usually have fairly good management because um, a lot of people screw you know a lot of management screw it up. So yeah. um, and I think okay. I think they've done the right things. All right, uh, John wants a view now, uh, Mark, on paradigm biopharmical uh, biopharm. Biopharmaceuticals, research and development of therapeutic products um, for human use in Australia, a whole range, Ross River uh, virus um, issues, respiratory conditions, also antiarthritis, I think they've got in America for FDA approval. Yeah, this... um I've sort of had to watch this for the last few years. A client of mine's been a, a big believer, um, yeah. and it is just that typical sort of biotech yes. cycle of we're, we're always waiting for the next announcement. Um, they, they obviously nothing's really commercialised, um, so I don't know whether it's one that you. I mean, it's two hundred ninety million market cap. Yeah, look, and they and they they're working on a range of products, etc. Yeah. I I just like to see them 
you know, get get a nice land uh, one. Yeah, land one and get it commercialised and and show that next um, sort of show that next phase. I, I mm. you know, if I was going to invest in this space, I mean, they, these guys are, I mean, they're addressing. They've got a lot of product in in uh, markets which have like big addressable, yeah. Um, you know, uh, concern. So, but like something like, for instance, I quite like Polynovo. Um, you know, David Williams does a great job there, and yeah. and they commercialise, then they'll grow. And I, I just, I, I just, I like the way he does business, and they, mm. you know, they've got one now that's actually helping fund the, you know, the expansion. Yeah. And you we know, had well, Polynovo on yesterday as well. Which yeah, got a yeah. Pretty good rap from Bill. And I mean, yeah. I. Oh, absolutely, yeah, and it and it does move around a lot, but yeah. um, but that's um, I got a lot of surgeon clients who, who absolutely think the product's just okay. market leading. So, um, but we 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 tend to trade in and out of it because okay. we just know that we All know right. that it's a, a no for paradigm. Maybe look at Polynovo, uh, Claude. What do you think? Probably a no for me as well. It's very hard to value these uh, early stage. Uh, drug companies that are trying to advance a number of different candidates. I think, you know, there was a lot of excitement about their arthritis cure, um, or not cure, but, you know, their arthritis treatment proposed because it was uh, somewhat uh, repackaging an existing drug uh, that already was sort of proved to be safe, which is always a good good start, right? So, and of course, arthritis is uh, a very big market. If you can treat it, it's painful for people and also big tailwinds there with the aging aging populations in in many places so yeah overall uh kind of interesting story there but i think with these early stage uh companies that don't yet have a product making revenue like generally that puts them out of my wheelhouse for a start i always say a good rule of thumb for investors is uh just you know a million dollars of revenue a quarter or or if you're feeling daring a year before you get involved uh so it, you have to like think about probabilities of such and such things succeeding. Uh, so for me, it would be a no, basically. I, but it could be one worth watching and following, and then waiting to see if hmm. they do start getting revenues. Because uh, as we've mentioned, you know, usually those first revenues, if you jump on then and it is a big success story, you can still do well as well. Yep, absolutely. And as as Mark said, with these sort of companies, you you just got to pick your time. <laughs> uh, you got to wait for the to go through that phase of trying to get something to market. All right, let's recap the first five stocks. REA, a hold from uh, uh, Claude, a note from Mark. Uh, Kelly, a hold from Claude, a sell from Mark. Uh, EZZ Life, uh, on the watch list, uh, speculative buy. Uh, E-Road, a no from both. Xtech uh, Intelligence Speculation, uh, we've classed it as, from uh, Claude Mark and Paradigm, a no from both. Uh, here on the call, we're tracking our own high conviction fantasy fund as picked by the Investment Committee. Um, the May meeting is on the platform at the moment, osbiz.com. Uh, let's check what they decided that at that meeting. Um, they trimmed 1% from Macquarie Group, West Farmers, Elders. 1% was added to WiseTech, MA, and to Cash, Asma, uh, Ostel, replaced by Kelsian Group. Uh, and uh, the fund is up 10.44% since inception. Uh, keep sending your requests in for the call because it then gets referred up to the investment committee. And um, XTech will be an, inv- an interesting one to go to the investment committee because uh, that was intelligent speculation. Why not? We'll throw it in there, see what they think of it. Uh, this half hour, we're going to uh, talk about vanadium resources, probiotech, energy one, client capital, 
and ducks the water. Uh, Mark Vanadium Resources, Paul wants a view on. Uh, Paul says significant South South African Vanadium Resources um, uh, recent placement at a premium uh, to the share price. Uh, view on Vanadium. Yeah, look, this is um, one that's kind of nearing that. I think we've spoken about that Lasson curve for junior miner. It's yeah. the junior mining life cycle, um, and, it, and it is coming into that phase where you know that um, insto. Um, Instone strategic investment might start to come in. Um, China, a Chinese companies come in with a controlling interest in this, right. which is um, depending on you know how you want to view it. Some people say that's a bad thing. Some people say it's a good thing. Um, but they basically committed to like a forty percent offtake. Um, so you know, the, I, I, it's a multi-decade resource. Um, right. So vanadium will be, it's too, it, it's a good source um, or good mineral to be used in um, energy storage. Uh, power to weight is not uh, viable for EV. Um, but lithium's, you know, far superior there. Right. But for, for mm, sort of static, static energy storage, um, you know, whilst you know, hydrogen's still coming down in price, um, you know, there's probably a place for those, you know, those okay. sorts of um, batteries. Share price done nothing over five years. No, look, and, and that's where, as we discussed before, that it's a good thing for viewers to go and have a look at that Lasson curve, um, which shows that junior mining life cycle, which sort of really explains if you overlay, you know, there's, you know, there's the spike on the on the resource um, discovery, and then, you know, there's that what they call the orphan period, where you know you've yep. got to get you've got to get your mine up and running and you've got to ask for more money and you've yeah. got to get into production and, and the buzz really just disappears from yeah. the stock and then and it's as, still they, in that. as they come into production well it, it you know institutions will start to be more interested and then you'll start to see heavier investment into right. that first production and first revenues so and, and it, it really does ring true if you, you can almost yeah. overlay you know the the theoretical chart over most of these right. junior miners and it plays out pretty well this one's probably looking at at, you know, at, at this stage is in the next six six odd months six to nine oh. months it comes into I think it comes into oh, production so it's pretty so, close yeah it's coming After out of that, on that five year chart that it's been an orphan all of this time yeah orphan phase they call it that yeah and is, um, it's coming to the end of it I think yeah so um, so I sort of okay. I, I try because it's so um, look at that yeah it's, 94 it's, cents the discovery boom yeah then, and, uh, and, yeah. And, it, and it's a it's a really you know familiar pattern uh, but it, look it, you might want to start to be looking at it now, like a very small speculative nibble. So um, nibble. But no. I, I, but with these things, the key is wait for volume. Wait, just wait to see someone. Um, obviously, that China buying a controlling stake in it, for instance, you would classify that as you know institutional strategic right. investment. Um, but if you start to see you know well-known names or funds start to buy in in any of these sorts of assets that you you might quite like. Um, that, that are coming in, you know, close to production, then that's usually a pretty good sign. And you don't, but you don't have to hold it for that two to three year period no. because you, you're generally just going to end up being asked for more money. Yeah. Um, and you know, you and you don't need to stress about it. Okay. Um, so right. yeah, it's a spec buy really based on where it is in that cycle and um, and and the fact that they've got that offtake agreement and it's okay. a multi-decade resource. Colin. Uh, I, w I wouldn't contradict that, given that resources is is outside of my uh, you know main area of focus. Uh, so, like basically for me, 
you know, I personally would generally say like I would actually just wait for the actual production and the first revenues, and and if it really is a good story, then that would de-risk it massive massively. Yeah. But having said that, I can I can again see why you might want to get ahead of that, and it's just like what I would do when I'm when I'm maybe investing in a software company ahead of profitability. So just depends okay. how much risk you want to take. All right. Jason wants to view uh, Claude on Pro Biotech. Uh, Jason says, like to know whether you guys think Pro Biotech as an investor. He wants an investment into the pharmaceutical manufacturing industry here in Australia. Uh, do you think this is the one they do uh, uh, manufacture over the counter uh, medicines, specialty ingredients, that sort of thing? Have a packing plant as well. What do you think, Claude? Uh, well, I basically think this one w- was up until just a few days ago looking really quite cheap and, and it was actually one I was considering as a buy recommendation. And then what happened is that you can see the share price mm. had a bit of a bump there based on uh, AFR article that reported essentially, you know, potential uh, buy interest or takeover rumor kind of interest. And that's kind of annoying because... You know, essentially, I kind of liked the slow and steady uh, improvement of the of their actual business that they have been doing, and and it looked like it was, you know, it still isn't too expensive essentially, uh, but it just has taken away some of that upside. It's not a super wonderful, you know, top notch business. It's a manufacturing business, um, albeit in in packaging and also manufacturing of uh, medicines among other things. So that does give it a resilient quality. And the reason that, and, and you know, I think I'd, I'd say you could definitely buy this one on the dips or, or you could even you could even consider it a little bit of a buy now. The only problem I have with it right now is because on the back of this article of the AFR, now there's a bit of speculation and there's some, and traders are in it and, you know, right. fundies are out there being like, oh, takeover rumors, you know, and I don't really want to be buying the takeover rumor because sometimes, you know, the rumor comes to nothing and the share price drops right back down to where it was. So that is my note of caution for this one. But on the flip side, you know, at $2.60, uh, assuming no growth in the second half, then it's it's probably a P ratio of around 15 times. It has a little bit of net debt, but um, that basically means that I would say it's not that, de- over, you know, it's not that obviously overpriced. So it is potentially a bit of a value investment there and potentially one that could benefit from what the chairman claims is a fundamental shift in global supply pl- chains to have more of this kind of, say, packaging of medicines mm. and manufacture of medicines okay. done here in Australia. And that's the tailwind that I like about it. Mm. Ma? Yeah, I'd agree with the um, with what Claude said there in terms of, you know, you want to kind of avoid the froth um, at, the, at the moment. Those, but, um, if, but if you're in it, do you take advantage of that oh, and no. sell, sell out a... No, because I agree. I can buy back a, a I, buy I back agree. You, it's, it's probably fairly cheap. Like their right. their numbers okay. have been going in a steady, you know, incremental, um, you know, gains every year for an eye on. So probably the last three years, really, and that's mm. quite sign. nice. Yeah, it, it is a really good sign, and they're, and they're consistent as well. So. Um, but yeah, and I, I'm glad you started with Claude. Again, it's not necessarily my wheelhouse, this thing, but I, I was erring on the side of buy um, anyway, but I'd, obviously that spike up there, you know, the, the fact that it's on the back of a, you know, the, an AFR article sort of thing, I, I think you probably, it will calm down and probably drift back to, um, drift back into the range. But, um, but yeah, it, it looks pretty, it looks pretty good to me, and and I think a fair bit of manufacturing did come back to Australia over COVID, and people are now, you know, concerned about um, securing their supply chains. Yeah. So um, 
I think that, and these guys were already obviously doing it fairly well um, prior to that. So I, I think they'll they'll continue to capitalise on okay. it. So um, oh, yeah, spec buy, but I, I, I do think that you will likely get a little get it a little bit cheaper um, okay. when the or buy on the dips as buy on the dips. Yeah, yeah as Claude was saying. Okay. Yeah. All right, John wants a view, uh, Mark, on Energy One. Uh, John says, last earnings call seemed to suggest they're expecting a strong second half, solid earnings growth going forward, but the stock has come off a lot. They're a um, software developer in that energy space for utility, energy and utility companies to uh, to use to manage their, their carbon trading markets, wholesale energy. Yeah, that that software market for you know those um, trading platforms and things yeah. can be pretty niche, and and you do tend to find a lot of people um, a, a lot of the time there'll be one dominant player, and and then they tend to get a little bit you know I guess lazy, and someone will overtake yeah. them, and um, and I think with a lot of the companies that um, use this software, they're starting to do their own in-house stuff, and you can connect with APIs and things now as well. Um, you don't necessarily need that front front end. Um, it, yeah, look, the chart looks pretty dour as it stands at the moment. Um, I wouldn't be trying to catch the falling knife um, yeah. personally. Um, and maybe just I, I'm possibly, you know, have a look at the next earnings report when, you know, to see if, you know, management's all talk or whether those second half earnings come through because it's, you know, if obviously if they do manage to achieve that, um, I think you'll have enough time to probably get get into it with a little bit more certainty okay. rather than rather than just, I don't think it's a market where you want to try and, you know, pick the bottom before you get proof. I think yep. you need proof of life before you, uh, before you go and invest your money. Uh, Claude? So, I, disclosure, this is one I own. I've owned it for a long time. I, I think I bought it when it was, a, I first bought it when it was like a dollar. It went to $6. It's come down to $3. It's It's been a painful uh, 50% retrace there. Uh, but basically, uh, you know, the story here is that in the last, you know, year or so, they've been going through uh, quite a transition because they did... Uh, take on like a fairly large acquisition they did a capital raise they brought some funds on board obviously uh you know those funds haven't really been that that did a capital raising i think it was uh, maybe four dollars fifty or whatever they've not been supporting the price since then on market um and it's all very low liquidity stuff essentially if you look at their results the revenue continues to grow and in all the segments of its recurring revenue it has the niche products the energy trading products which I think Mark was talking about, and they're the growing the slowest part of it um, easily. And then you've got the sort of core energy trading software stuff, which is perhaps what um, large companies that are power generators, for example, they have around 50% of the megawatt hours in Australia running through their software. So uh, th- that that software core is, is growing a little bit faster. And then the area where they've been trying to grow it the most is the software and services, which is more aimed at, say, smaller power generators or uh, you know, people that want to actually outsource not just the soft, like not just get the software for doing the trading, but actually have somebody doing that 24-7 energy monitoring and dispatching. And in the last half, they have been investing and at at the cost of their profit, they've been investing both in obviously this integration of this big acquisition. They did EQ and CQ Energy, big pardon, that um, gets them more into that services side of things. And also in expanding, sending people overseas, getting new um, 
the cybersecurity licenses, etc., so that they can offer like twenty that a more comprehensive product, basically twenty four seven around the world, energy energy dispatching to their clients, and that has put a um, that's depressed their current profits. But this is a software company or a software and services company that is profitable. It is dividend paying. Mm, you know, probably okay. doesn't need to pay a dividend. It's profitable. It's dividend. It's not some. You know, will it make it? Will it survive? Like if this property, you know, if this company just disappeared and all of its product disappeared, I, as I understand it, you know, would just like that. We'd probably have blackouts. You know, this is this is yeah. an essential. Okay. It is. Like, so would you be buying the dip now? I mean, so I already have a large position and I have been buying the dip and right. it, it keeps dipping, which is never fun. But uh, so my personally, I'll, I'll probably. I don't know when I'm going to buy next, but I consider it a buy and my money's okay. where my mouth is in that All regard. Right. Okay. All right. That's conviction. Um, uh, Mark, Jeff wants a view on Climb Capital, uh, an investment company. Um, who's Climb? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, because the uh, we we had a bit of a hunt around this morning trying to yeah. look at holdings, etc. Um, they weren't particularly easy to find. No, um, no I had a quick look. And yeah, I, I it, it sort of seems to be an investment vehicle. It has a lot of convertibles, and uh, is, I, I didn't. This is one that. Um, I've found it a little bit difficult to. I don't like when there's not, you know, when there's not good transparency. Yes. Um, so, and look, it's small performance is pretty middle of the road. Um, I don't, yeah, I, I don't, re- I couldn't find a reason really to, to necessarily to own it. I think, I think okay. there's a there's a lot of great fund managers out there, yeah. there at the moment that are. You know, under some pretty heavy pressure. Um, yeah, I. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. it's, it's way down the list for me. I did not not to say it's necessarily a bad, a bad business, but there's you know there's some pretty heavily discounted fund managers at the okay. moment that um that I I would be um I, I'd be sinking my teeth into. What Magella? No, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. Um, uh, Claude, Claude, what do you think of Clive? Yes, yeah, so as I understand it, Climb Capital is a. Uh, uh, um, a listed investment company, which is a structure where essentially it's not like a normal fund where you can invest in the fund, they they invest your money and then you just withdraw it when you want. It's you need to find somebody else that's going to buy your shares um, in order to get out of that fund investment. So I, I invest in funds and I, I actually do believe there's a place for investing in with fund managers there. Some of them are very good at what they do. They have strategies and I, I, li- I like fund managers funds some funds in general but i'm a hard no on any lic ever because that's just playing a whole different game and typically these things end up playing um trading at a discount and also typically uh the discount widens right at the time in the economic cycle when you're most likely to just want your money for some other sweet (laughs) purchase that you've found an opportunity you know that you want to buy that's when the discount's going to be greater for a normal fund manager they take on that risk and and i feel sorry for them for it because it's the the greatest fear of every fund manager is right when the, the fund is yeah. down somebody wants to okay. withdraw and that's why i think they earn their fees because i would lose you know they lose sleep yeah. over that so no, so no no for climb okay yeah no for climb and no um, for that structure I, 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 it's I a run from me yeah i'm not joking on magella what's your top fund manager oh look i'm i'm not 
I'm not really investing in the space at the moment. Right, I, don't, okay. I don't mind Regal, um, and, right. and, and I think they're, they're sort of, it's a bit of a popularity contest, and the whole sector is sort of out of favour at the moment. Yes. So there will be some good ones come through this pretty well, but it's a, it's a difficult time for fund managers because if you're stuck to a mandate, like, you know, Airlie's a great fund manager, but they've got a mandate where they have to be 90% allocated, and that doesn't really suit our investment thematic right. at the moment. Okay. We want a little bit more cash. So, Flexibility. Yeah, yeah, it's just, I, sure. I, I think at the moment, and a lot of them are still adjusting to, you know, adding, you know, fixed interest in um, back in after 15 years and coming off that, you know, uh, the, that gr- hyper growth stock okay. thing. So I, I, so I think there'll be clear care. winners in five years um, okay. and keep an eye on the space. But sure. yeah. All right. Final stock. Uh, we'll have to whip through uh, Claude. Uh, Thomas wants a view on Duxton Water. Thomas says, considering we're going, according to the Weather Bureau, into uh, El Nino, uh, a company which holds water entitlement should do well. So this is, this is Duxton Water owns and manages a portfolio of water entitlements, uh, mainly around the southern Murray-Darling Basin. Yeah, right. It's, yeah, it's definitely an interesting one. I think I think this is one you can consider for a bit of uncorrelated returns in your portfolio. So yeah. I think that, you know, you'd most be looking to just hold it and, and get a dividend and, and then hope that they're, they're trading and, and how things play out with the water markets um, in Australia go in their favour. And I'm sure there are a lot of moving parts there beyond just, you know, there's a mm. drought, so water entitled water becomes rarer, so they make more money, like there could just be no water. And also, um, on top of that, I would argue that, I mean, we need, obviously, the water system is is uh, extremely broken in this country. And yep. uh, at some <laughs> stage, you have a risk that someone like a government's going to come in and say, well, we need to redo this. South Australia needs water. So I don't care that you've got water entitlements like we care yep. more about South Australia. So uh, we're going to see what's happened happens there long term. So I just don't go all in it. Don't treat it like it's a bank. You know, yep. this thing could be reorganized. This is a human construct. Okay. Oh, with through there is regulatory risk, obviously, if they do change the rules. I personally, I don't think, I think that's far, that it affects far too many people for them to make vast changes. Um, I like this as a part of, at the moment, the agricultural stocks are really downtrodden and they're they're very cheap. Yeah. You saw with Grain Corp yesterday, it's up another 5% today, but it was up 10% yesterday. Yeah. The analysts are super dour on it. They're clearly not looking at it. Um, but look, we've gone, this is still yielding and making money with a triple La Nina and we're going to go into El Nino. Um, El Nino um, I mean, obviously, they they should obviously be more profitable. So I would add this as a as a pairs trade to okay. um, say great something like Grain Corp and these guys. I think would be yeah. a, a very complementary trade um, okay. because they're both cheap at the moment. But they but you know obviously, uh, but I think Duxton will do well in a in a drought right. environment where and buffer you in your, in your Grain Corp. Whereas I think Grain Corp's super undervalued and you know and like right. El- elders as well like could be yeah. similar. But that's hey, they report Monday. Oh, elders do. They do, yeah. Because ah, so. every managed dog has recommended elders for six months and the share price has gone nowhere. Well, I mean, like I said, Grain Court was downtrodden as well and the analysts were just so wrong. Like, and, yeah. you know, it... Um, do you think I'm, the same with elders? Fingers crossed. Um, yeah, I, I, w- I would think so. Um, I, I, I think the outlook for, um, from Grain Court was pretty supportive to elders as well, um, but we'll wait and so see. So you're buying elders going into the... 
we are um, yeah yep yep trimming mm. and trimming a little bit of profits in grain corp and flipping into some okay. elders this morning actually so all right okay there you go you don't have, you've only got uh three hours to do it uh before the report on monday while the markets are open uh claude walker from uh, a rich life great to see you mate uh likewise Thanks for having me uh, Mark Gardner from Macro. Uh, good to see yes, you. Have you. a great weekend. To recap the final five stocks, uh, Vanadium, uh, Speculative Nibble from uh, from Mark, uh, a watch from Claude, uh, Probiotic, a, um, a Speculative Buy uh, on the dips from both Claude and Mark, uh, Energy One, a buy from Claude, a no from Mark, uh, Climb Capital, a no from both, uh, Duxton, a no from uh, Claude, uh, but an interesting buy from uh, from Mark paired up with Grain Corp um, and um, and Elders uh, reporting on Monday, and uh, of course we'll be right across that here on Ausbiz. It's a very popular stock here on the call and amongst analysts. Um, that's it for us for today. If you've got any stocks you want me to put to our expert panel, um, send them to me, ausbiz.co slash call picks or tweet us using the at Ausbiz TV handle. Uh, more of Ausbiz after this. <laughs>